Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galanti, along with Thomas Frank Carr. T. Frank, how are you doing, my friend? Doing well. We'll see uh, if rest versus rust happens here. Been off for five straight days, so uh, let's get into it and see what happens. Five straight days without working for T. Frank. That's craziness. Yeah, and that's probably the longest I've gone in over a year, so... That's that's, so that's you, saying something. Did you drive yourself or your wife crazy? Uh, luckily, I was a video game kid, so all I'd have to do is plug into my computer, and then I'm gone for six hours. So, the, you know, when I when that did happen, I just went full ADHD into my computer, played some video games. I was good. Very good. All right, let's get you back on track. Let's talk Penn State football and T. Frank. I'd like to talk to you today about the defense. I think after an exceptional season last year, we have a built-in confidence in the defense, but a lot of changes going on. New defensive coordinator, and you start to look at how much talent was lost. Three out of four starters on the defensive line, two out of three linebackers, two out of four starting defensive backs. That's an awful lot of talent to lose. And they weren't just anybody's. These were very good players. A lot of them drafted dra- and drafted highly. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, to me, the biggest thing is the shift in the, in the scheme. Because you can't then predict progression for anybody necessarily, even from some of your best players, who may be moving positions, who maybe have a new role or a new prominent role in the offense. I'm sorry, in the defense. So, uh, yeah, when it comes to predicting this side of the ball, I'm having a hard time because there's elements I really like, and there are elements that are obviously a problem, and then when you throw that, like, little sprinkling of nutmeg doubt on top, I, you know, it, it becomes kind of a mystery as to what's going to happen next year for me. I think that's going to become a thing now. Nutmeg of doubt. There you go. I'm going to use that. I like that. Well, let, let's start there with the change in schemes, positions, and so on that comes with having Manny Diaz as your defensive coordinator as opposed to Brent Pry. Just what does that change mean? <laughs> well, something new every day when I go back and watch the film. Like, I've watched the Blue-White game probably five times and come away with one nugget or another of like something I didn't notice before when I watched it. The, the first thing to me is the secondary and how they're used. Brent Pry was very traditional in the way he ran his coverages. The, it, it's called spot dropping, where you drop to a spot. It's very much if you played, I, I don't want to be disrespectful and say if you played high school defense, you could play in Brent Pry's defense, but the, the, there is not a lot of um, intricacy in that particular aspect. You play to your spot, you play fast, and then you go and attack the football. The NFL teams can use this too. And a lot of times that comes out of a cover three system where you have three players deep and you flood the underneath zones and you're making it hard on the quarterback to find openings. Uh, Manny Diaz does a lot more stuff. It's not pro uh, football, but it is more pro-like 
where you're not just dropping into a spot. You have a responsibility. If a guy crosses your zone, you may have a responsibility to follow him. It, it's more about forcing the quarterback into bad situations and to not know what's coming next because you can do so many different things. You can kind of blend man and zone coverages. Uh, there's more subterfuge is what I would call it. So there's a lot of that going on in the defense and the secondary, especially the safeties. Um, they're a little more amorphous. They're, they're, they're a little, the, the, especially the free safety, the field safety is very much involved in playing single coverage, maybe more so than before. Um, and the, the caveat is all of this is coming out of, you know, studying Miami, which had a different uh, set of players than Penn State. And then the blue-white game, which is our biggest indicator, but is also like that's exactly what he wanted us to see. There's nothing on the film there that he accidentally showed. So the complexity, the nature of the defense could be more than it is, um, and it could be more uh, aggressive even than it was. And we just saw like the tip of the iceberg. Well, we've actually also heard quotes from Manny Diaz. The best coverage is a good uh, quarterback rush. He wants to create havoc, whether it's part of the rush or it sounds like uh, creating confusion for the quarterback to force him to make mistakes. But, of course, the danger in being more sophisticated with your defense is it's possible for the defense to make mistakes also. Yeah, and... and so the whole thing is more risk-reward. That's exactly right. And that would be the biggest difference between Diaz and uh, Brent Pry. And, and you know, you can watch film and say, technically, this is a cover two or this is a cover three or something that Brent Pry would have run. But is it if you're blitzing all the time? Because <laughs> if there are five players in the pass pattern and you have five in coverage... I don't care if they're in zone, somebody is singled up. And, and there's a lot, that's what I mean when it's a lot more like the NFL. Because not only are there more switches and there are more multiple responsibilities where you also have to read and react, um, but there's also, you know, less support. So I, this is the part that I was, I didn't know about this offseason of what version of Manny Diaz would show up. Because historically, you can look back and you can see something very similar to Brent Pry. Or you can see what he did more recently, which was very aggressive. And um, indications so far have been that, that James Franklin is not going to change anything about this defense, and, and Manny Diaz is going to do what he does. So the talent in the secondary, and this is kind of getting to the question of, um, I think the secondary has the talent to pull this scheme off. Joey Porter Jr. and Kalen King are NFL-caliber corners. Whether Kalen King develops into that fully or not, We'll see. But his physical talent, his confidence, that is, you know, a guy that I think could play in the league. And and, and that's not to, to overhype him. That's just to give you a baseline and an idea of what he can pull off. I love the safety blend of skills. Zaki uh, Wheatley and Keaton Ellis are both coverage players that have played corner. Uh, Tig Brown is playing uh, Jaquan Brisker's old position with a slightly different role. But he's going to be covering tight ends. He's going to be covering H-backs. He's not going to be covering, uh, you know, slot corners or slot receivers. I, I wasn't sure if he had the the physical skills to do. But in this role, in this position, he can play the deep middle. He can play over top of the box. And he can cover against, you know, the, the, the tight end. So those guys can do all those jobs very well. And then it just becomes about the front five, front seven. 
you know, the six, however many they're putting in the box, four, I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's that's the biggest question, is that pass rush? Because if you leave those five guys out to dry, and I don't mean to forget Daquan Hardy, who is, you know, statistically last year, one of the best slot corners in the nation as far as giving up a, you know, I, I, I it was in the 40s, his, his uh, PFF tracks the passer rating when you throw against a player. And it was in the 40s, which is below just throwing the ball into the ground. Um, that group, if they can get a semblance of a pass rush, I think has the ability to pull this defense off. Well, you know, you mentioned uh, Daquan Hardy. I always have to repeat, I love what Daquan Hardy does. He certainly passed the eye test. So hearing that uh, PFF liked him also just uh, confirms that observation. Let's go through these positions and talk about the personnel and their abilities in doing this. Let's go from back to front. Let's start with the defensive backs and the safeties. I think Jair Brown showed us last year he really belongs. What did he do? Lead the the country in interceptions. Um, and he, he seems designed to look for turnovers and I believe it was the Key Wheatley who led the team during spring practice in, in interception. So you have a couple guys right there who seem to be designed for that ability and what Manny Diaz is looking to do. Yeah, so here's the interesting thing, because Jaquan Brisker was on a pace to have a lot of interceptions last year too. Uh, but it's a completely different defense in a lot of ways. So it's it's very similar, but it's very different in kind of the ways I laid out in the first half of the segment. Um, but last year, Brisker had to play in the box because of the loss of P.J. Mustafer. So did Brisker, did, did Tig Brown get those interceptions because he was given all the opportunities because Brisker was helping out in run defense? Or is he in that position to make those plays because of his, uh, completely because of his own merit? Or is it somewhere in between? He's a very good football player with very good instincts and made all those opportunities, but he wasn't taking on offensive linemen on every single play. He was more than, than Brisker, was in deep coverage and had that opportunity. Does that happen this year? And that's really what I'm driving at here with, with Tig Brown is he could be a more complete player this year, have less interceptions, have less fanfare, and some people might think it was a down year, but he's being a more complete football player, playing the run, being a major factor of denying passes uh, to in underneath coverage and doing more multifaceted things instead of just playing center field. And, and I feel bad because I feel like I'm diminishing what he did last year, but I'm just saying like every player has a role in the defense, and last year his was more center field, go get the passes that are disrupted by Arnold Ebikidi and the pass rush. So, yes... And also, we'll see. But that's the, the goal of, of Manny Diaz's defense is to force the quarterback to throw before he wants to into a window that you're predicting because you're denying uh, something else. You know, a throw farther down the field that takes longer. And th that's a whole thing and kind of a philosophical thing uh, as well uh, that you can get into. But, like, that's kind of the, the idea is that you want to predict and dictate where the ball is going, and the only way that the defense really dictates anything ever at any point is if you get to the quarterback with the pass rush because everything else is reactionary. So that's why having a pass rush is important because then you can predict, based on what the quarterback's rules are in the play, where the ball might go 
But again, it's risk-reward because if you're crushing the field down, you might be leaving opportunities deep if you don't get there with pass rush. I think everyone understands interceptions are both about getting the opportunity and then taking advantage of it. Yeah. So if you don't get that opportunity, it's not going to happen. But you could feel pretty good that Jair Brown, given the opportunity, will take advantage of it. Uh, Zaki Wheatley appears to be that kind of guy also. Who do you think is first, though, in line to play next to Jair Brown in the last couple seconds we have in this segment? Well, based on the blue-white game, it was clearly Keaton Ellis. Um, but I wrote an article last week. I'm, I'm so impressed with what Wheatley's physical abilities are and his, his mental abilities, his mental approach to the position, that that could be a 50-50 split by next by the middle of the season. And, and that would be kind of how that shakes out with Wheatley pushing for playing time as the season goes on. But it would be, to start, it would be um, Keaton Ellis. Very good, T. Frank. We got through one of the two segments, and we got through one of the five position groups. That <laughs> seems about par for the course for us. Stick around. We'll see how many we could get through in segment number two. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. 